Good afternoon, everybody. Um, this morning, uh, my son Zach came up and asked me, "Hey, Dad, what what are you preaching about today?" I'm like, "Oh, he's interested." I thought about it. Then I thought, "Hmm, hang on. I know why he's interested." Uh, last year, I taught my son um, in in school as a primary school teacher. Um, so I would always try to sort of warn him just in case I share a story to the class that, you know, hey, I'm going to be sharing this story. You're going to be okay with that. I'm not going to embarrass you in front of your friends. It's normally okay. But today it was like, hang on, I can see in his face. He's, and we got to, it got to the point where he's like, um, are you going to mention me? I'm like, no, no, I'm not. He's like, it's a little bit of disappointment. So anyway, there's his mention, just to get it out of the way early. Um, so we, he did ask the question, what are you preaching about? I said, how to be a goat. His response was, bah. Was that it? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm oh, sorry. The, the sermon title is grammatically horrible, I, agree, I think, but hopefully you'll see by the end of it why it's called that way. Um, greatness. If I show you this picture, I wonder, oh, sorry, wrong way. I was practicing today as well. I'm holding it wrong. Cool. Uh, I wonder how many of these faces you recognize. The society, we sort of classify greatness um, through different ways, through different things. Maybe they accomplished some magnificent feat. Maybe through some act of bravery, they were solid through their time. Maybe they have some incredible mind that set them through, um, helped them discover something significant. Um, so obviously, I actually just Googled greatness, and this was the first picture that came up. So I'm not trying to hint at anything, but you can probably notice uh, we society hold these people quite quite high. So I don't know how many of you know, Zach and I mentioned a few, we're trying to work out who they are as well. Oh, second mention, there you go. Um, so today though, we're going to look past just the visible, um, what we can see in terms of people achieving things, and we're going to jump into more the mindset. I'm very, I'm very, uh, a couple of books I've been reading lately, um, it just really, uh, really, really, I don't normally like reading. So I've been, I'm quite into sports, as you'll see from this sermon, um, um, but I thought, hey, I've never really trained my mind. You hear about all these athletes talk and stuff about that, and they actually spend quite a lot of time training their mind. And today I want to delve into uh, what sort of mindset do those great people have? Yes, we know the fantastic things they've done or invented throughout time. We do hold them to high regard for that, but what exactly makes them tick? Yeah? So um, I've got one example for you now. Um, it's a sports person. Um, I know not everyone is into as sports as I am, especially like I know my, I talk to my wife about sports. She's trying to be nice. She'll still smile, but in her back of her mind, she'll be like, oh, man, something else. But I promise you, um, even though it is sports and you're not into it, all good, I promise you, um, it does. Um, it's relatable to other aspects of life. So um, the man I'm going to talk about is Kobe Bryant, one of my favorite basketball players. Um, recently passed away, unfortunately. Um, well, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, though, his mindset. Now, the first one, um, it was a news reporter that came into the gym, um, the, the, the Los Angeles gym, and noticed that Kobe was there training. Right? So he noticed him training, and when he was watching him do all his training, all his drills, he was quite shocked. And he was shocked for this matter that Kobe, from what he can see, was doing just the really boring drills. Standing there, free throw, free throw, free throw. Standing there, basic dribbles. And he's like, what's going on? Like, you know, you're like, meant to be one of the best players in the world. Why are you just doing this? And he asked that to Kobe. And he said, well, the reason that's the case is I never get tired of doing the basics. And you think about it. I thought of that as a parent. It's not about, you know, taking the kids to some awesome trip and doing all those things. Isn't it the little things that count way more? 
Yeah, it's not the big things all the time. So I learned a lot about that. Sorry, they're all about Kobe, so apologies about that. And the next one is, um, okay, it's meant to be a mirror. I couldn't find a very good picture. But as he said this, look yourself in the mirror and ask, did I get better today? It's the process of getting better every day and doing that for a period of years that create the masterpiece. Isn't that cool? Yeah, we don't have to achieve these big things all in one shot, but it's those every day. Have I gotten better today? I think that's a great question I do ask myself ever since I heard this quote. Um, the last one requires a little bit of a story. Oh, no, the thing is not working. I did plan like stuff to fly in and stuff, as in the animations. Oh, well, we'll, we'll make do. Um, here's the story. Uh, so the, as a professional athlete, you spend a lot of time together. So the, the Laker team were out um, somewhere. I don't really know. Um, but the, as a celebrity, they obviously get invited to all these parties and that. So, um, well, the story goes that, um, Kobe and his teammates said, Hey, Octis teammates said, Kobe, come on, let's come on, let's come to a party, relax a bit. Let's go out for a drink. And so, um, he did that. Okay. But he said this, I, actually, no, he didn't say that. He said he went out, had the party, sped up, who knows what they did to wait at night, not condoning this, but just saying that that's what he did. Um, in the morning though, bang, 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 bang on the door. Um, and this is what he said in the morning. I hung up with you, now you come hang out with me. So this is like 5 a.m., and you can read about this. Like Kobe would normally wake up this time of day to train 5 a.m. regularly. He said this, if you're going to do that, so talking about the partying, all that other stuff, do that. But don't let that compromise what we're here to do. Yeah, powerful way. Eh? All right, last Kobe one. <laughs> so... Um, that's the mindset, a little picture of what the mindset is like in terms of someone that is, to the world, quite great. Uh, we see the three things there that uh, we normally associate to people of greatness. So the first one, wealth. Yeah? How often do we think those that really made it in their life obviously have a bank account to match that? Second thing, sort of their power or their influence over different people. Um, I guess you can tell, oh, this person sold out Rod Laver, this person sold out the MCG, probably who knows. Can guess who I'm talking about? Oh, they've, they've made it. You know, they're certainly great. Or maybe it's some sort of accolade. Maybe it's some sort of how many medals they won, how many Nobel Peace Prizes, something. We normally attribute these things um, to what um, is greatness. Um, but Jesus, if you think about it, did he meet any of these three things? The three things I just mentioned, does Jesus himself do that as in terms of being great was he a great preacher was he a great carpenter i'm going to suggest in terms of the world we sense and this sounds really bad calling jesus not it but in terms of the worldly sense of how we rank greatness i would say that even jesus it sounds horrible but even jesus wasn't great in terms of what how we normally view greatness another couple of verses as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I don't know how many of those people at the start of that picture were homeless people. And Jesus, I'm not saying, actually he technically was, wasn't he? Like a nomad walking around, staying where he could. So wealth, I don't know the Bible recalling anything about him having much wealth at all. Our second thing, so power influence, yeah, arguably the church has grown, but in terms of his time back there, I don't know how popular he actually was. Yes, there were crowds, but they were sort of in and out. They weren't the most loyal fans, in fact. And Jesus even acted in a way where he wasn't really, you know, promoting himself. You think of how many people have their followers, how they want to get their image out there, get their faces everywhere. 
Jesus was not doing that. I'll show you the verse. It says, The report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Now, you ask any famous person, hey, if you're getting popularity, if you're gaining a crowd, should you go away and hide for a while, have a little spell? No, right? That's the time where you want to, I don't know, release more albums, put your name out there a bit more. It doesn't make sense, does it? Last one. Did Jesus have any accolades? Um, so there was a story in the Bible that goes like this. When Jesus saw that the people who witnessed his miraculous signs were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Yeah. I mean, what's, that, what's greater than being crowned king? They were willing to do it. But still Jesus was like, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't want that. He even said this, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? I invite you to turn your Bibles actually to Matthew 16, because here he actually gives a little bit more of a hint of what is actual real greatness. Obviously, from all the things we talked about before, none of that. Other things are more important to him. So Matthew chapter 16, I think we'll start from verse 24 from memory. Let's see what the first hint is into what actual greatness might be. So Matthew 16, verse 24, the Bible says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then verse 26, we already read just there. So did you guys pick it up? The very first thing Jesus says in terms of what might be real, uh, what might be real greatness is to deny yourself to say, no, not me. And that's very counterintuitive. If you think about it to all the people, generally, I'm not going to speak for every single person on that first picture, but I'm guessing most of them would have been, yeah, I'm the man, yeah, I'm the guy, I'm the person for you, or whatever it is. There is another one. And it's funny because we're talking about this today because the disciples actually had this argument. So we're going to look at another time that Jesus spoke about this very topic. If you have your Bible still, uh, could you flip over to the book of Luke? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and jumping to chapter 22, the disciples actually had this argument in which Jesus, I think, solves pretty well as well. So Luke chapter 22, looks like most of you are there. Luke 22 verse 24 says this, Now there was also a dispute among them, being the disciples, as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. Oh, I missed one. Verse 27, for he who is greater... Who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? It is not he who sits at the table, yet I am among you as the one who serves. Did you pick up the word? It's mentioned three times, isn't it? Not the guy that gives the orders, not the guy that's the boss, who we often think of as you've made it, you're the boss, you're the head of the company, whatever it is, it's the one who serves. With that in mind, cast your minds to... The characters in the Bible. If I were to ask you, who is the greatest person in the Bible? You can't say Jesus. Okay, knowing that those two attributes that Jesus mentioned are the key things that would 
in his eyes, make our greatness. So denying yourself and someone that serves. All right, this is very primary school teacher of me, but could you tell the person next to you who you think that might be, who matches that quality? I'll give you 30 seconds. Um, who is great in the Bible? I wonder who you came up with. Um, I came up with these two names that came to mind. I might be biased because they're kind of my favorite Bible characters, but I think they proved the point pretty well. Um, so, so I reckon these two people both denied themselves, both also were about service. So anyone pick Daniel? No, maybe? Okay, so uh, Daniel the Lion's then famous story, uh, but I don't reckon this was his moment of that he shined the most. Because, um, I don't know, I can't really relate to this story that well. I don't really have been. And I remember what Daniel's first response was. Yeah, if you're not sure, feel free to have a read. But um, it, it was this, that, hey, I don't know the answer, but there is a God who does. Okay. He attributed it like he, he, like he was about to give the answer that could have, you know, he could have asked for anything, could have been, yep, I worked it out, king. He said, first things first, it is God who gives me the answer. Pretty cool, eh? Um, the second person I thought might fit this category pretty well. Kids, you know who that is? See, my son recognizes him. He does. He's a bit shy. Okay, cool. Um, so, um, David. One of my favorite Bible characters in David. Um, again, I don't think this is the shining moment in terms of what brought me, um, what, why I'm picking him. Like, again, I don't relate. I don't have some big scary guy facing, trying to kill me. Doesn't work. Um, but what I think how David shows these attributes. Um, do you guys remember the story of when he was in the cave, uh, with Saul sort of chasing him, trying to kill him? So um, I'm going to go through all the details. It's kind of a gross story. But what, it got to the point where David had the opportunity to wipe out his enemy. Yeah, he'd been chasing him all this time. His friends were even going, do it, David, do it, David. But I think David manned up hugely and was like, this is my king. I can't, I can't take his life. Yeah? He thought of someone else above his own interest. It would have been a lot easier for him to end him right there. But as you know from the story, David's like, here's your cloak. Could have done worse to you. Um, and yeah, to me, that was like, that is cool. Um, so as good as those Bible characters are, they're not the greatest. I don't know who you came up with, but Jesus actually says, his own words, who the greatest Bible character is. You might know the story already. Um, can you turn with me to the book of Matthew? So we're back to Matthew. Uh, chapter 11 and verse 11, easy to remember. So Matthew 11, verse 11. Let's see who Jesus' answer is. Uh, the Bible says this, Assuredly I say to you, amongst those born of women, everybody, there has, not, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Okay. John, really? He didn't beat any giants. He didn't, it wasn't prime minister like Joseph or Daniel. Why is he so great? Yeah. Um, it's hard to sum up John's life. It's a very, I don't know, like just reading about him, you almost think, yeah, maybe. Um, but there is one verse I think that really shows what John is all about. It really summarizes what he's about. Uh, the Bible says this about him. So, um, not John the disciple. There's a few Johns in the Bible, but the one that actually 
Um, life ended a bit early, uh, you might know why, but the one that's actually just pretty much preaching about Jesus, pointing to his coming, and uh, the Bible says it's about him. He, he must become greater. So this is John talking here. I must become less. Some versions might say he must increase. I must decrease. I think this is the key thing when it comes to greatness. It's actually less of me and more of him. So, when you think about the greatness of all these people, I don't know about you, but I've never tried to be the goat. That's in to be the greatest of all time. I don't know anyone else here, like whether it's in your profession or some skill. Like, I like certain things. I'm okay in my job, but I've never tried to be, like, the best. Okay. I'm guessing most of you might be able to relate unless, if you, if you, if you don't relate to this, I'd love to talk to you to see what you are to go at. Um, but for those of you that uh, may be like me and thinking, hang on, I'm not going to be the goat anyway. Um, I still think though, Mr. Slide, ah, I had this cool slide. It was supposed to dissolve and show you. Uh, it's okay. Can you see the little picture on top? Um, I still think though that we still try to be great, if not in our own minds, but in front of other people. I'm guessing that's true because it, I think I've done it a lot. So we might not think I will be the greatest of all time, the best ever, but we might think, hey, if I achieve this, man, that I'll be, I'll be like respected among the people. Or if I, if I do this or be, um, just get this right in my life, maybe in your own head, you think like, I've done it. I've got it. So, um, we, there are six different ways, obviously, we can look at our lives. So physical, mental, social, emotional, professional, personal. Um, gonna show you some, Sort of did a bit of a reflection, and just to think about, hey, do I, have I made goals about these things about my own life in terms of how I think I can be great? So here's what I came up with. Oh, again, I'll work it out later. Sorry, can you pretend the red stuff? I did do slides where things would fly off and stuff like that. So apologies, it's not working. But check out the part that is crossed out at the moment. It was not meant to be crossed out yet. This is what I wrote at first, the stuff that was crossed out. Okay, imagine you just see that. Avoid the red. Can you do that for me? Cool. All right. So just the stuff that is crossed out now. This is what I had right there. Um, it's that stuff that I all had in my in my mind, either now or I'll say recently. Okay. Some of these I'm glad we moved on from. Um, so feel free to look and laugh. But at the same time, I think what would be better is you take a mirror yourself and to think about. I don't know. Can you relate to any of these goals? If you can't, the, the categories are there. I think hopefully, I don't know, Jin Howard wrote the questions later on. But how about in your own life? What do you think will constitute greatness for you? Okay. Maybe some of these are relatable. Some, maybe some of them aren't. But if you look at what I've crossed out, so I would have clicked the slide, the boxes would have flowed down, would have crossed out. Uh, what is red, I think has a better filter on it, a better lens. Knowing what we just learned about what true greatness is, can you see how the goals have kind of like tweaked? They haven't changed completely. I'm not saying any of those things are bad as such, but the goal is not so much about me anymore. The goals aren't so much about how I can look good in front of my family or um, my work, my, my, my friends. It's, it's, it's just, I don't know, just stop caring about that. Stop trying to make yourself more than I guess I am. Yeah. So it's kind of a mindset change. You think, does that make a difference? I think it does. I think who we live for makes a big difference in our lives. 
or what we live for makes a difference in our lives. And honestly, are we living for ourselves? For me, if you look at my goals, I thought, man, I think I am. I think a lot of my goals, I'm like, it's just me. It's just you know how I can look good, how I can be better. As a kid, um, the three movies on the very top right hand, top left hand corner for you, um, are feature heroes that I looked up to as a kid, thinking, oh, these guys are great. So we've got superheroes, we've got Jedi's, we've got superhuman kings going, yeah, I can look up to these people. These are fantastic. Uh, but lately, though, I've actually got more inspired by this middle-aged football coach um, from the movie Facing the Giants. So it's a Christian movie. If you haven't heard about Sherwood Pictures, check it out. It's really cool. Um, but Facing the Giants has this really cool scene where um, you have the coach in front of all, all the team. And he had just a change in mind that, you know, the team was sort of floundering, getting through, just going okay. But he had a new mindset of how he wanted to do, to do things. So um, you can imagine those sports movies, you ever seen that, you've seen that before, where all the players are huddled to, huddled to get in the locker room, ready to hear some inspiring speech. And this, this to me was pretty, pretty inspiring. So I've got the text in yellow for what the coach says, and the rest is just someone else talking it. So I'm just going to, it's not the same, I don't know if we're allowed to play video, so I'll just, in case we couldn't, i just, um, Print, I just showed you the, the the scene I'm talking about, but follow along with me because I reckon this is really, really cool and sums up really what we're talking about today. Here we go. It goes like this. What's the purpose of this team? Uh, win ball games. Then what? We get a trophy and people talk about us. Maybe for a while. Then what? I don't know. Get a scholarship, play for college and Little League. Uh, sorry, and coach Little League. What are you getting at, Grant? You think we're just wasting our time? If our main goal is to win games... Then yes, you don't want us to win games. No, not if that's our main goal. Winning football games is too small a thing to live for. And I love football as much as anybody. But even championship trophies will one day collect dust and be forgotten. It's just that so far, all this has been about us. How we can look good, how we can get the glory. The more I read this book... Bible, and the more I realize life's not about us. We're not here just to get glory, make money, and die. The Bible says that God put us here for him to honor him. So I'm here to present you a new team philosophy. I think that football is just one of the tools we use to honor God. So this is like American football. I can't stand watching the sport, no offense. So insert whatever you want instead of football in terms of your own life, something that makes sense for you, I, I have. Um, I want God to bless this team so much, people talk about what he did. But it means we got to give him our best in every area. And if we win, we praise him. And if we lose, we praise him. Either way, we honor him with our actions and our attitudes. So I'm asking you, what are you living for? I've resolved to give God to give God everything I've got, then I'll leave the results to him. I love that last bit. Yeah. Isn't that cool? How often are we plagued by how things will turn out? When really God's not just in the movie, but throughout the Bible, God's promised that hey, we live a life for him. We don't have to worry about how things turn out. Okay? We can leave our, I think just knowing that can help out every aspect of our lives. So, to wrap up, all the things that you know we normally associate with greatness, I think they're not a bad thing, are they? It's nothing wrong with wealth. It's nothing wrong with influence. Nothing wrong with accolades. In fact, some of the 
spreads people. In fact, you probably listen to people more that have these things, don't you? Just that, you know, oh, wow, they've made it. So I'm not saying to say any of these things are bad. I'm just saying that God will bless you with any of these things if he wants to. It's not our position, I believe, to worry about these things. It's our position to worry about the other side. Yeah, Is our mindset right? Are we here just thinking about me, 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 like, you know, to show you my example? Or are we too focused on the things on the left when really God is saying, hey, turn your mind to me. Leave the results to me. I think that makes a big difference. The Bible says this. In Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death and even the death of the cross. I think it would be, Jesus is not going to be like, hey, the greatest is like, you know, who's the best person to ever come? It was me. Who's pointing to John? But really, we know who it is, don't we? And didn't he exemplify that in, in this line in his life? Yeah. Wasn't Jesus all about serving? Wasn't Jesus all about less of me? Hey, I'm here to meet your needs. Okay. I think we can learn a lot from that. I'm going to wrap up with this verse. Um, so we're speaking about accolades not being important. And, but, really cool thing is, at the end of the day, I love there's a promise in the Bible saying that, hey, I wonder you are going to get something. It says this, in, in the book of James, says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, uh, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Can you imagine that day? I can't. I try to, but to me, it's, it's just beyond me in some ways. We lived our life, hopefully we lived a good life, we you know, tried our best through Jesus to live for him, and finally one day, boom, there's that crown. Yeah. We grab it and we're going, wow, we finally made it to the end. Okay. There's, a, there's a story in Revelation, a picture in Revelation that John writes, it's really beautiful. Okay. We're going to close with this song in a minute. It says that you know all our things that we think we've achieved, and, and not doubting any of your achievements, but And we can live a life that's quite fulfilling in terms of being useful in this world. But even through all that, even with our crown there, the thing that John writes in Revelation is awesome. That when we see Jesus walking past, okay, we don't feel like wearing our crowns anymore. Whatever we've achieved, we're like, what is that? It's all about him anyway. I love that scene that John paints. Crowns come off, thrown at Jesus' feet. Isn't it all about him? Isn't it all about Jesus? So as the music team comes to wrap up, it's a song that's beautiful. I was driving home in volleyball this week. I was thinking, hey, there's this song that was like, I can't remember what it was, but I know that's all right. I'll just drive. I'll just forget about it. And driving home, it came on. Do, 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 do. I'm like, oh. straight away, I'm like, that's the song. Yes. So I quickly messaged, and the group, the team was nice enough to accommodate the, putting this song in. I'm like, that's the one. So I was singing this last song um, called We Fall Down. Hope you guys um, from today realize, yes, that crown will be awesome one day. But remember, remember who, why we are living this life. Yeah. It's all about Jesus. And I hope with this song really, really reminds you of, of that. 
Would you join me in prayer? Father in heaven, we thank you so much uh, for a chance to live a life for you. We thank you, Lord, for showing us the true example of greatness. I just Lord, ask you, Lord, that in our own ways we can exemplify that in our lives so that we can live a life worthy of your calling. And I just look forward to the day, Lord. Uh, we look forward to the day uh, that one day we can see you and just to know it's all worth it because of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.